listening to The Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky. Oh, hello, Internet. It's your pal Christian from the town of Oakville in my basement. And in my hand is one of a delicious, inexpensive six-pack of Laker Strong. Laker Strong! If the Hulk drank a beer, I think it would be this one. Let's see who else we've got on the podcast tonight. Well, hello, Christian. Hello, mysterious guest. It's Mike Downs calling from the basement in Sackville, Nova Scotia. I'm tonight drinking a blonde brew de-alcoholized lager beer. That's right, listeners. I've talked about the beer I drink and the drugs I smoke. Well, that shit is over. I'm clean and sober, and I'm coming to you live. A lot of listeners don't realize what a rigorous uh, life uh, a podcaster leads with all this boozing and carousing, I guess. <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, now, at this point uh, in, the, in a podcast recording, you might hear uh, the, 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 the sounds of, of a Michael DiGiovanni or possibly the noises an Andrew Bloom might make. But not tonight, uh, gentle listener. Uh, tonight, neither of those jerks are on this podcast. Instead, we have our friend, longtime friend, longtime uh, missed guest on the Atomic Geeks podcast, Mr. Mark Dury. Mr. Mark Dury, welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, in my basement again, as usual. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no beer again, I'm afraid. It was a, it was a, a weekend barbecue up here, and... Uh, we drank them all up, so I'm on to the, the warm Diet Pepsi again. Wow. Flat Diet Pepsi. Looks like it's up to the old uh, Hunky Nielsen here to keep this freaking boat afloat. Good thing it's Lakers Strong. 6.5. 6.5% alcohol at only seven ninety five a case. <laughs> that is a good deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome, Mark. It's been a while since we've heard of you. I mean, let me tell me uh, how jealous I am uh, since we kind of mentioned on our uh, Facebook pages and Twitters and stuff that uh, there were actually listeners who were kind of excited to have you uh, back on the, oh, the, the, the podcast. That's that's very flattering. I, I'll have to look them up and see if they're related to me. I, I can't imagine someone feeling like that, but that's great. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was going to say of all of our uh, – special guests or guests you're not that special um you know people seem to really like having mark on the show so it's great to have you back buddy well i love being here guys thanks for having me i gotta stop saying special guests because i mean he is one of the friggin uh, freaking guys on the goddamn website for crying out loud so he is an atomic geek uh, until that t-shirt arrives yeah. right the, the t-shirt, t-shirt. Uh, well, oh how many years has it been since i've been promised how many, how many years have we been doing this podcast now eight nine years <laughs> <laughs> I remember back when they invented the internet and we were podcasting. That's right. Remember we were recording on cassette tapes? <laughs> Mailing them back and forth to each other. That's right. Okay, now do your part. <laughs> oh, humor. Um, all right. Well, uh, how about uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes, which I tend to say quite a lot when I'm hosting, of uh, tonight's wonderful topic or shall i say topics oh, uh why don't we do a little bit of the uh geek news, geek news. and i'm not going to say who's got some because apparently it's me i am the only one who has got some geek news tonight and here it is uh now uh 
this Wednesday is the biggest day in recent history for the world of friggin' comic books because it's this Wednesday. Uh, DC is re- rebooting their entire uh, line of comic books, uh, uh, selling print and digital versions uh, the same day. So this week, uh, the fifth and final issue of a series called Flashpoint, which basically is like goodbye to the old world of uh, DC Universe and... Justice League number one, the new DC Universe, uh, starts the new uh, DC Universe off this Wednesday. Now, my big question is, guys, what do you think? And more importantly, I mean, you guys are comic book fans. I mean, not super-duper fans. But do you think you consider this might be a possibility to start again or get into something else or something new? Mr. Downs. Okay, I was going to say, let me jump in. Because, you know, i got to say... I'm kind of pissed off about this. Um, uh, you know, it's funny as I'm, I'm working a new job and I, I'm getting to know people and there's this guy in my office is a big comic book fan. And funny enough, we didn't talk about this, but I started to think about people who don't read comics. And if they wanted to get into comics, I think this just fucks that all up. You know, like they've just taken if you knew something about Superman from a movie or something. You know, now, like, they're changing everything. And I, I don't know. The more I thought about this, I'm just like, you know, this scene, the only people I think are excited about this are comic book nerds. And we've already shown that we can hardly support the business. We need new readers. And I, I'm not sure this is going to bring many new readers in. Maybe it will, and I'll probably be wrong. But I just don't know. I'm, I just, I just, I'm not digging it. I, I'm not really into it. Mark, what are your thoughts? Well, I guess I'm kind of more of a casual fan. I tend to collect, um, like I guess the graphic novels or I guess the trades, mm-hmm. you know, rather than uh, first issues kind of as they come out. Um, I'm interested in, I guess, the idea that they may be consolidating some of the properties together, like sort of folding some of them into each other maybe. Is that happening? Or they're- well, they're, they're essentially, uh, I mean, again, this is for people who don't know, they're essentially kind of like folding everything like essentially what's happening it's it's what they call a soft reboot as in with when batman starts again uh elements of things like the killing joke and um uh you know uh and oracle and barbara gordon things like that still has kind of happened you know the killings of robins and things like that right but it's still kind of like it's old, but it's new, so to speak. I mean, it's not like Superman's going to be coming out with octopus powers, right? I mean, essentially, the the canon of Superman is still the same. They're just basically kind of re, re, reintroducing everything with right. like about 52 titles. Well, I mean, uh, when Marvel did their Ultimates line, I got into, I think, like Spider-Man, X-Men. I did, read the Ultimates as well. Um, Iron Man, I think. And I found that interesting because I like the idea of a fresh start. And, you know, that they're kind of going back in and, you know, maybe just sort of pasting over some things that have just, you know, corroded away. There's just, you know, too many rusty holes and and too many plot lines and, you know, let's just start over. Um, If that's kind of what DC's doing, like, I could see maybe trying to get into it a little bit more. Like, I'm a big Batman fan, I guess, like most people are probably listening to this podcast, but... I honestly, I couldn't tell you what's the difference between like Detective Comics and Batman, Batman and Robin, or whatever it's called now. Well, so you'll be happy to know all those titles are actually coming back: Batman, Detective Comics, Batman the Dark Knight, and Batman and Robin. Okay, I thought there was a Dark Knight one too. Okay, but you know, just so many of them like feel like trains that have left the station. And so, if this is kind of you know a new lap starting, you know, I'd probably check it out. I've got an iPad, so. Uh, you know what are the what's the cost per digital versus print? Is it? 
Uh, I think it's like a dollar less. I I'm not exactly yeah. sure. I mean, I mean, they look gorgeous on on a tablet. Yes, like I love reading comics. Really on meant my- to look like that, you can read them in the dark. As one of my yes. friends pointed out to me the other day, you know, actually, I, I guess to to kind of make a, a, another reference here, like I had drinks the other night with a bunch of guys that I don't see very often, and it was surprising how many of them are into comics now, and it's because they all have iPads. And, you know, they've got, like, mm. they subscribe to the Marvel one or the DC one, or there's, I guess there's one that handles both of them. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, these guys, they're just crushing through this stuff like crazy now. So yeah, there are tons of, there's a Marvel app, a DC app, all the comic book companies have their own app. But basically, if you use Comixology, which is basically just updated their version of their software, you can pretty much get most of the stuff that's out there. It's, yeah, that's, I was. God, it's terribly was, expensive. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I can't imagine. How much money I'd spend? Well, I was going to say the the preferred Atomic Geeks uh, comic book app. I think we we totally have love for X Comics, the app, you know, the Comicsology app. And I was I was going to comment on their new uh, their upgrade. As a matter of fact, you know, it's funny hearing Mark talk. You know, it is a good starting point, I suppose. And as a matter of fact, I love Ultimate X Men. I liked J. Michael Straczynski's uh, Ultimate Spider Man. There are there will be some good comics that come out of this. However, do I think this is what the universe is going to be from now until the end of time? I don't think so. I think, you know what I mean? It just feels like at one point they're going to be like, okay, we're back to the way things were. It just, it feels like one of those things when Superman dies and comes back with long hair and then, you know what I mean? It just feels yeah. so fake. Well, I mean, yeah. I forget the name of the guy that runs Marvel. He's, he's like a real character. Like we saw him at Wizard World a couple of years ago. Um, but they just, there seems to be, <sighs> Just a, a bit of an attitude towards their readership where – I know that that was Marvel. I know we're talking about DC now, but they just kind of feel like the core followers will put up with just about anything. And and they have to because you know these companies are in pursuit of new readership. They need more. You know They can't sustain with just sort of the hardcore people sticking around. And, and unfortunately, that means they have to put up with a lot of ridiculous reboots and retcons. So it's kind of yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, all I can think of right now is, first of all, DJ's listening to this and freaking chomp on the bit to freaking get his two cents in, for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, essentially, I, I, I applaud DC for doing this. I think it's, it's, it's essentially it's almost like a real-world real, real world reboot crisis of Infinity Earths for DC Comics. They're kind of cleaning the slate and so, somewhat starting again. Uh, the only criticism I possibly have is that apparently they're trying to do some kind of marketing to the non-comic audience, you know, the mainstream audience, to let them know, hey... Uh, jerkheads get you get buy some comics yeah. and as a person who you know t- takes in mainstream entertainment quite readily or often i didn't see fucking commercial one or anything well, regarding fucking dc comics okay i listen to some like am radio now and then when i'm like you know driving around in the morning and like the local 24-hour am radio station you know it's 680 news in toronto um you know and it is just constant Traffic, weather, business, yes, yes. entertainment, sports. It's just fucking tedious. But they had, like, as part of their regular rotation, they were talking about the upcoming DC reboot, and it was hmm. kind of strange to hear these, you know, really? very dry sort of corporate station talking about that stuff. So I guess, you know, they've got their marketing geeks, you know, have, have their list of outlets that they got to get in touch with, and they're getting the word out one way or another. So. Hmm. Well, yeah. what I, I mean, that's a planted story, right? I mean, it's not like, yeah, you know, no, no. going, geez, we need to talk about this, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's put in there by the man to make them read comics. 
Well, I mean, fuck, anything that gets friggin' comics in the news and comics out there is, is uh, pretty uh, good to me. Uh, so there you go, uh, jerkheads. Uh, buy a bunch of new comics. I probably won't, but I'll buy as many as I can. God help me for crying out loud. I mean, it's, as long as you get that price closer to 99 cents where I think the freaking price should be for crying Can you just, like, rent them? <laughs> no. No. Well, and yeah. you know what? I would, I would love to, I'd love to hear from the fans, you know, over coming weeks on our forums now, as I know some of the, the, you know, some of our listeners are, are big time comic book, uh, folks, you know, CT, Chris Lock, some of those guys really read a lot. I'd love to hear what people think of stuff as we go forward. So definitely, uh, you know, let us know what you're thinking as you pick up, uh, these, these new, this new reboot. Yes, what an excellent place to do that. The Atomic Geeks Forum. Join now or try to join or email us and say, I want to join and we will help you out. <laughs> okay, uh, ladies and germs, let's get to topic time uh, here on the Atomic Geeks podcast. Uh, I mentioned in our last episode, in our little friggin' teaser uh, episode, uh, what the hell episode are we here for crying out loud? We're 128? Yes, we are. Okay, so 127, uh, where we had a conversation with the lovely uh, Deborah DiGiovanni, I said that in this episode that we would have some difficult choices to make. Uh, things have changed, and the, the, the roster for tonight's podcast has changed. There ain't going to be no difficult choices tonight. Uh, <laughs> tonight, tonight, it's all about the little topics. Now, I don't know if, if some of you diehard fans remember, way back in episode 87, we did an episode called Little Topics, and it was a pretty... Uh, pretty good little episode we talked about a lot of things like ebook pricing extras on dvds uh kill bill and how uh the predators are pussies and uh <laughs> and, and, and it surprised me that uh, we it has been a while since we've uh, haven't have done this topic and why we haven't done again so i said to myself hey i'm hosting why not do it again. And basically the premise of Little Topics, if I have asked the fellas tonight to bring two topics of conversation uh, to the podcast, and uh, basically topics that, something they've always wanted to talk about, maybe topics that w- wouldn't exactly fill an entire episode, but needs to say are interesting to talk about. And Lord knows, as a podcaster, uh, or podcasters, we loves to talk. So uh, why don't we start off? With say with one of your topics of conversation, uh, Mr. Downs, and just see what the hell happens. Alrighty, so you know when I was thinking this topic, I, unfortunately, it, it was hard for me not to talk about things I want to bitch about. Um, <laughs> maybe because I haven't had a drink in a couple of days or a puff. Um, but uh, you know, it just so happened to be these are things that kind of piss me off. And the first one is that you know. I just, why in the fuck, what's the deal with everyone, all these set pictures of all these comic book films and like Uh the fucking, you know, extra report on the Dark Knight Rises fucking movie. And, you know, like when I go to websites now, it's we're inundated with all this information about the Avengers movie. And it's like the Internet, shut the fuck up, please. Like, I just... (laughs) Want these movies to come Stop out? Stop giving me so much information, Internet. Well, it's you know what I mean. Like it's, it's it's so much now that it's like you can't even help but stumble over shit now. Like there's a picture of Bane here, and there's this there, and there's Wonder Woman over there, and look, there's Superman with no underpants. Like you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's, it almost it's, sounds like you're complaining. I'm completely complaining. You know, I, I feel that part of the negative side of this uh, resurgence or the surgence of comic book properties is now. We have to get spoiled so much and, and have to have these things thrown in our faces. Like every website I go to has something now that it's like 
yeah, to Christian's point about hating spoilers, spoilers, it's like, holy fuck, I can't go anywhere on the internet now without seeing this stuff. And that's really starting to piss me off. I love seeing all that stuff. They, Do uh, you? I, I saw, like, how, how much did we see before um, uh, Dark Knight? I mean, there's plenty of stuff out there, and everyone was outraged about what Heath Ledger looks like, and oh my god, this is, like, he doesn't look crazy enough, and this is whatever. And you know what? The film was fantastic. It's, I didn't feel like I'd been spoiled. I don't think that the film had been ruined or given away. Like, I love just mulling that stuff over and seeing little hints here and there. And I don't really seek them out, but when I do see them on io9.com or Nerd Bastards or wherever, I, I dig checking them out. I like seeing some of the little choices they're making, trying to figure out how, what direction I would take that story in if that's, uh, if I was in charge. I kind of make it a game with myself. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you just are basically my – you're my – anti-Nielsen is what you are. You're oh, my really? yeah. goddamn polar opposite. Because, I mean, I understand that the Internet has to do this, and it's never, ever going to change. The Internet has to tell you everything about fucking everything, especially about freaking superhero movies and things like that. And, I mean, now, basically, for me, going over the Internet is like walking – across a minefield, especially when I go to sites like, you know, your Geek Tyrant and your IO9s and things like that. And specifically uh, specifically today, where it's like, there it is on Geek Tyrant, huge spoiler casting rumors for the Avengers movie. And it's like, no, I, I don't stay away. You guys you are such babies. That, I'm that a baby. So, I'm a big baby. That is so <laughs> much more preferable to having to read about Kardashians or... And oh, Jesus. Well, come on. Oh, I just get comic book news as like a cool oasis in a sea of fucking crap. <laughs> well, you mean, I mean, compared to real news, you mean? Or. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, what, 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 the, Kardashian, a Kardashian what, oh. what, what the majority of uh, North America thinks is news, entertainment news, which I can't fucking stand either. And listen, don't get me wrong. I like to know when they've hired an actor to play a role. I like that information. What I don't like is I don't like amateur fucking videographers shooting a fucking scene and then showing me the whole fucking scene with <laughs> shitty audio and horrible fucking lighting. That oh, I hate when I click on those links and watch that. Yeah, but who, yeah, you don't have to click on the link. You fucking go to IO9 and there's a picture of fucking Henry Cavill with no red tights. And the other this, thing I don't like is that all these fucking assholes have to argue about it. F- you know, uh, hire Heath Ledger to be... <laughs> and the Joker, and then that's fucking fine. But why in the fuck do I have to hear about, uh, and the uh, fucking the internet breaks? Shut the fuck up. I'm tired of it. <laughs> there shouldn't be so much communication on the internet. That's the problem. Exactly. First of all, this is coming from the guy in preparation for a friggin', I think it was a Batman episode, sent this at YouTube link, which, which apparently was showing a key scene from the new fucking Dark Knight movie, for crying out loud. And I'm, and I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I know. Listen to Bane's voice. I realize, uh, then I realize, and then there's a description at the end of this YouTube. I go, well, fuck me. I didn't want to know that. And that, that's exactly my problem. It's that type of stuff I think we're going too far with. The, the fucking pop, the, the geek paparazzi that has to go to film sets and, or, and the extras who come and detail an entire scene, that's too much information. Fine. Tell me who an actor is. Unveil the new Batmobile to me. Maybe it's a bit of story components. That's fucking fine, but we are taking it too far. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, well, I'll admit. Say the new Bat vehicle, that's pretty far. Like, I think most people would consider that a big spoiler. 
I'll admit that I am the most extreme case, okay? I know this. I'm admitting the problem, and the first key to working on a problem is admitting it. But uh, I think there has to be some kind of protocol. I think there has to be some kind of rules. Mm-hmm. For example, like, you know, in the, in the, in the, the header to click on the store, you should allude to what is in there, but don't tell me what it is. Like, you know, come see the new Batmobile, you know, destroyed by the Riddler with his laser. You know what I mean? Well, you, I'll, I'll tell you what. Like, if they didn't want you seeing these things, you wouldn't actually be seeing them. They can lock down a set pretty easily. Like, this is, it's free publicity. It keeps these stories on a low boil uh, until they're ready to sort of have some trailers and some other material out there to get people really excited and, uh, I mean, I think you guys are probably in the minority. Look, look how many websites there are that are that specialize in but basically I think, nothing but this. I know. I think and right now it's actually pretty good because I haven't spoiled myself too much. But I think there just should be a general politeness and protocol saying, you know, try not to giving away too much, at least in the header for Christ's yeah, sake. You guys forget the dark days of the 90s where <laughs> like we were excited because like Joel Schumacher was making a Batman film. No, and you know like what? Any little picture that like was in Vanity Fair or Entertainment Weekly, it's like you rushed out to buy a fucking magazine, and you know, like you, they just stuff came out in dribs and drabs, and you were happy to get it. And no, but now, that, that's the point. That that kept you excited. Now it's all ruined. You know what I mean? Like now I have to seriously ignore it so that I have some excitement to the film because in fact what's happening I agree the studios are doing this and they can't control it and when it works you get an Iron Man and when it doesn't work you get a Green Lantern and so there's no control over it you know and it's just all it's it's, it's too much and I'm predicting okay, I don't well work- it may have worked back then but we're still talking about a Joel Schumacher Batman film like it was not awesome now no, we, we have lots of awesome. about it you were excited about it, and the, the job of getting you excited about it, that worked. The Premier Magazine sold ep, uh, issues because people wanted to see what George Clooney looked like in that bat suit, and that was the marketing of the movie. And I'll, I, let me finish, because I'll make a prediction. We might be in the minority now, but there a backlash is coming. This is going to ruin superhero movies. And just like I predict other things that people always say I'm wrong about, like the fact that Star Trek is actually going into development of a TV show, and I got laughed at and said it shouldn't happen for 10 to 15 years. That was from this episode we talked about it. The, the last Little Topics episode, that was the was topic it? of and conversation. fucking now, thank you very much. Less than a year later when I said it, and everyone said, oh, my God, they're never going to do that. I'm fucking telling you. I'm a pretty good uh, guy at, uh, at looking at human condition and human insights. I'm telling you, people are going to start get pissed off with this. People are going to get tired of arguing uh, to each other about Bane's fucking voice. I'm tired of it. You're going to be tired of it too. So uh, your prediction is that people on the internet are going to complain to each other? Yeah, more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't think I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, uh, dear listener, if you haven't listened to it, episode 87, you can actually hear the conversation and listen to uh, Nostra Downs uh, prognosticate about the future. And uh, he also has some hot stock tips if you listen to it uh, quickly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. He's just, he's just pretty uh, effectively neutered what my conversations were going to be for tonight. <laughs> Which was superhero spoilers. <laughs> was not. I wanted to talk exactly about some of the, the costume stuff we've seen. <laughs> so, um, well, that's, that's a nice segue. Yeah. Superman doesn't seem to be wearing any underwear. So, uh, okay, well, let's talk about because some of that stuff we actually have seen. I mean, okay. fuck, you can't well, get you can't. Okay, listen, let's now we're moving on to Mark's topic of a conversation. Actually, before we do that, let me just say. 
I missed the day because I was just one of those guys. I, I bought the movie magazines or looked at them in bookstores, but I still loved going to the theater and seeing a trailer and, and being surprised by when the fuck did this happen? Holy oh, yeah. shit, this yeah. is coming out. God, I really missed those days. Even now when I go to the – rarely when I go to the theater. In fact, you know, I never want to go to the theater again if it was up to me. But uh, uh, when I do go to the theater, I'm always having that hope there's that one movie – that uh, I've never heard about. I was like, wow, that looks friggin' awesome. I can't wait. Why didn't I hear about this? But, of course, now with the way the Internet, the way it is, and, and so it should be to a certain degree, it'll never happen again. And, and, and uh, let me just finish my little topic of saying – I thought you said you finished. Uh, well, no, but because you said something I think is great. I think the magic of, of these movies is, is slowly being eroded away because we're getting too much insight into how they're being made, and, and we're losing that sitting in a, in a movie theater and seeing that trailer for the first time. We now mm-hmm. see it on our computer. You know, I think that – I think we're losing a little bit of that magic is, is all I'm saying. Yes, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I disagree. Um, now let's talk about <laughs> Superman's underpants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well um, – for those following along at home, this is kind of presuming that you've seen at least one shot, which was the the official publicity or the the publicity shot. I guess that's that's, that's what uh, it was. It wasn't the leak. Uh, the new Superman of, uh, of Superman uh, in front of a. It looks like a bank vault that's been sort of broken into or something. Yeah, there's there was no escaping this freaking picture. Not yeah. that I was actually wanting to avoid it. That kind of shit, I'd, I'd actually don't mind. Just show me a picture. You know what I mean? That's yeah, well, you about. know it's been staged. It's lit. It's you know yeah. effects around it. But what was interesting about that shot was the shadows were so deep across uh, the sort of middle portions of the costume that you couldn't actually tell if he was sporting the underoos or not. It was just sort of such a dark shot, right? Right, and then a shot came out last week by one of those, uh, you know, amateur geek gargoyles. Um, Fucking idiots, I call them. PA with an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the accurate description, yes, of Superman out in. Uh, well, they're shooting, I think, in Plano, Illinois. Plano. I don't know what the fuck. How do you pronounce that? Anyway, they're shooting in some little small farm town, I guess. Uh, during the day, and there's Superman with his, his cape on in the middle of the street about to fight the female antagonist. And, right, I know who the antagonists are, okay? You don't have to sugarcoat it for me, fuckhead. I don't know if other people do. but <laughs> Oh, okay. Let's, well, then thank you for being so polite. I apologize. Yeah, put it this not, way. It, not, it was, a, it was a, a guy in a motion capture suit. I'm hoping that is actually what he looks like, because that would be pretty mm. wicked. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he's just – so Superman just seems to just have kind of a blue suit. And and a very long red cape and a very big S shape on his chest, but uh, no red underwear and I don't think any yellow utility belt. So, oh really? No underwear? No underwear? Or maybe he's wearing them underneath his pants, as you should. Yeah, as every other person in the world is. So let me jump in because I'm sure Krishna's got thoughts. Uh, and to uh, me, <laughs> to me this is like, who gives a fuck? We we haven't seen the movie yet, so how can you start complaining about the fucking guy's costume when you don't? Maybe he puts the red pants on later. You know what I mean? Because he has an accident or something. Like you, you're, you're jumping to conclusions, and maybe they're not there, and maybe it's twenty fucking eleven, and maybe a he's been superhero pantsed. doesn't have to wear fucking underwear outside of his fucking pants for crying out loud. Why is it such a big fucking deal? Maybe Zod ripped them off like it was like a high school sort of uh, initiation thing. Like he actually yeah. stole his underwear. Maybe it's a plot point. 
He drops yes. his trousers. <laughs> well, I mean, what's the big deal? I think the big deal is this, is that every iteration of the character on the screen has worn underpants, for one thing. So the fact that they actually removed Superman's underpants is kind of a bold move. Because essentially in the new, again, harkening back to our geek news that we just talked about, uh, in this recently new version of uh, the new uh, reboot version of Superman uh, actually initially appears wearing uh, jeans. And then apparently, <laughs> no, I'm not lying. It's yeah, not a joke. Yeah, I saw that picture. He yeah. starts with jeans. And apparently at some point he does wear some kind of armor that has no underpant armor outside of this armor as well. So I don't know if that's a re- the reason why they're doing it, but I still like, not to make it too much. much I, actually, I shouldn't. I want to make it too much of a joke. Superman with no underpants is a big deal. I kind of thought it was notable. I mean, I'm glad he's. It's, no a, it's a statement. It is. A sta- it's, it's, it's basically they're saying, you know what? We're we're evolving the character. We're doing things our own way, and, and it's a big part of the costume that is being eliminated. Oddly enough. Yeah, and it's. Um... You know, they, then again, they also did that with Batman by putting nipples on the costume. So, who knows if it's the right way to go or not? I think it looks okay, personally. Like it's a very grainy, tiny little shot, but it seems to. I don't know. I bought it, I guess. So, I mean, it, it's not like he, they made, they made him green with a yellow fucking cape, right? I mean, essentially, this is their version of Superman. Why is that so fucking difficult for well, everyone to accept? Because it, you know, when you were it, kid, it, 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 it might suck, but. Until you see it, how can you judge? Oh, I know, but, I know. Okay, I'm not Mike, saying it's. Like, I don't think I said people were complaining. Like I just. No, no, but they, they were. I mean, if, uh, I read these. You know, literally, this one, <laughs> this one fucking. Nerd. I, I, I've been reading these things I hate so much. I had no. This is when I really started to get pissed off at this recently because even yesterday. They released a video of the Smallville attack with all these helicopters and shit. I'm like, holy fuck, man. So Why I am don't I want to see a video this? of an Stop actual scene. Brain. <laughs> well, you know, how did my I'm finger get me here? Again, and uh, at, at, at the official publicity shot, and it, I think he does have a belt. I think he does have a utility belt. So. I, don't, I don't know. It, just, it seems like a, it was almost like a starting point. For my childhood drawings of Superman was basically putting that triangle in the middle of the page and then expanding out the torso and the legs, you know, when I was drawing a picture of Superman. And much like Batman, too, as well. I mean, of course, Batman now in movie form has essentially started out with no underpants from the get-go. So kudos to him. <laughs> um, but, I mean, let's. I, I want to talk about that original press picture. And I've, I've joked about this on – not joked about this, but half joked about this on – uh, Google Plus. Um, here's my minor complaint that I don't think is that minor really in the, my heart of hearts. That picture of him with that friggin' safe, looking at that haircut he's got there for crying out loud, I'm surprised they don't call him like Super Fonzarelli for Christ's sakes. <laughs> it, you know what? It doesn't look like Henry Cavill, if that's how you say his name. I'm not very familiar with the actor to begin with, so that well, doesn't mean shit. I mean, I've man. watched The Tudors, and he certainly is a very, you know, handsome fella. Um, I, you know, I think he's probably well suited. There aren't actually all that many guys, I think, in Hollywood who can do Superman. I mean, for, for all the sort of square or lantern jawed, blue eyed, dark haired, tall guys around, like Superman is a pretty distinctive look and he does fit the bill. But in that picture, he that doesn't really look like him. It's kind of strange. He looks really angry. It's, it's funny. You know, I posted on the, on our forums about Buddy's hair. And um, 
you know, I think LC, the guy, uh, the character from True Blood, that big gigantic werewolf dude could have made a great Superman, uh, in this day and age. But I gotta tell you, the hair reminds me of, if you go back and watch the Atomic Geek C2E2 coverage, there was this guy dressed up as Superman, um, that we have a picture of Christian being choked by. And his hair is exactly <laughs> well, what, the same. One of many who choked me in that video, so. Yeah, but if you look at that, this was this 50 year old guy who didn't have the best costume. It was a Superman costume. I mean, how good can it be? But he had this hair that looked like a wig almost. And that's the hair that they have for the movie. So I don't know if they watched our podcast and stole Buddy's hair, but like that has that. Hair, hair helmet, almost. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, like, he's like he's like a super good fella for crying out loud. Goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, yo, what's going on? Where's the train? I hear it's derailed. Where is it going? You know what I mean? Like a little bit like Henry Hill, maybe. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> yeah. I agree. It's a it's a dark costume too, and it's uh it's something that I've noticed. There's a texturing to it, just like uh the new Spider-Man costume is the same thing. Well, you you, you segue, you beat my segue for crying out loud because I wanted to talk about that fucking thing too for crying out loud. <laughs> well, I know then, son. And then, and this is my two cents, okay? And I'm not going to lie, I'm I'm speaking as a purist who loves the character of Spider-Man much as I love every single frigging character of of uh, Spider-Man. But I just this costume change. I understand it's it's important for the children to love the fancy new things and the superheroes and the stuff, but I don't like that fucking costume for crying out. It, just, it doesn't. I'm not I'm not a big fan of it. I I do like it. Of course you do, because you're hip and now whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, Dury, the you know friggin' you know the advocate for friggin' coolness for Christ's sakes. Well, no, Jeez. I'll just root for any of the sort of the tall, awkward, skinny guys, you know, getting to play superheroes because uh, you know, hey, he's one of us. So. Uh, I oh, I thought you were talking about me from twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not so skinny anymore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's very gangly looking. It's it's that kind of almost super deformed Spider-Man physicality that I, that I really dig in sort of the best action figures. You know, he's not a bulky sort of hulked out looking Ultimate Fighter kind of guy. He's he's lean and bony almost. I like. What that. do you think, Downs? Yeah, no, I agree with what Mark's saying. I think that. <sighs> um, I, 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 you know, I, let me fucking finish. I, I agree uh. with what he's saying about, you know, Peter Parker isn't Superman. You know, he's a scrawny little geeky kid, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in terms of the costumes, you know, we have to look at films like another ex- execution of the comic book, like an Elseworlds title maybe, or like, you know, a an, an, an reimagining, and things aren't going to be the same as they were before. I just watched today a uh, a, a clip on the chick who played Mystique in the uh, First Class movie, and they're saying how she had to do seven hours of makeup before she even shot anything, and they were talking about how they tried to add texture to that uh, costume, which is a little bit different, and the blue is a little bit different from what it was, you know, from the other X-Men movies. Yes, and, and that's you know, why you were watching that video. My <laughs> point is that in a superhero movie, one of the only things they can differentiate from the last movie is, is to update the costume. They have to put their little stamp on it. If I'm a director, I have to be different than Brian Singer's pervert gay Superman who hangs out and, you know, molests people. So I got to change that guy's suit, you know, and they got to do it differently than Richard Donner. You know, that's the reality of making movies and, and having a new creative person in charge of this character, much like in a comic book, when a new artist, a new writer come on, the characters change. So what does in a movie? Well, I just want to go, uh, you know, and just say I want to exercise my right to say I don't like it. 
Totally. I mean, we're all up to our rights. It's just, you know, again, going back to kind of the three things we've talked about, the internet gets up on a big fucking uproar over shit like this when they don't even the fucking, we don't even have a trailer yet. Well, we do in the Spider-Man, but Jesus, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're so I like, I, I, you know, I like the trailer though, and we've discussed this already. Uh, there's story elements of the trailer that I like that I haven't been, hasn't been really been explored before, so I applaud them for that. I'm sure once I like, I just, fuck, I'll, I'm sure once I get in the theater or whenever I see it, I'll be like just happy to see Spider-Man on the the big screen, and just take it from there. I mean, yeah, well, I'll, I'll give it its grain of salt for crying out loud. But I mean, I don't like this the boots. I don't like the shoes for crying. It looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, if I could buy uh, an outfit made of this material, I would probably wear it. I don't know. I'm looking at like some some high resolution images on uh, on the good old Google. Here. And that's and I want you to tell me when you have that stuff so we can put pictures on the <laughs> Facebook page. And the- <laughs> you know there are some some you know effects houses have had to work really hard on making this stuff look different. Like we're we're well past spandex kind of being acceptable in a film. Well, yeah. basically, I think I think the the movie the movie uh, special effects uh, tailors or whatever you want to fucking call them have been like basically toiling for years to finally achieve that perfect. You know, super look, super yeah. suit look, without looking like the shitty ass, cheesy ass shit we saw in the, the late seventies, yeah. early eighties. Well, I'll tell you here. Just, uh, I know we're going to move on, but here's the thing I like about Andrew Garfield as Spider Man, and I, I guess the new Superman. But let's just stick with Spider Man for now. I like that it's actually just his body that you're seeing. It's not padded muscles. It's not. Uh, this is kind of the thing I dislike about. Christopher Nolan's Batsuit. I mean, I love those films, but, you know, that's Christian Bale, you know, he got into really phenomenal shape for these films, but, you know, he has chest armor on, and, like, you know, he's armored up like crazy, and... Yeah, but he still has to basically it's, de-armor and scrub himself over with a nice loofah while, uh, after fighting the Joker, for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it all makes sense in the world that Nolan's created. It's very tactical. And it looks, it looks great, but, uh, I'm glad with Spider-Man they, they went in this very sort of lean, skin-tight sort of approach. I think it, it suits the character well. Well, good. Well, there you go. There's Mark Dury's and that's uh, why love I'm letter. Right and you're wrong. Mark Dury's love letter to the uh, actor of the new Spider-Man and his sinewy uh, muscles and uh, just a dreamy haircut. His, 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 his succulent uh, abs, decadent forearms. He was so good in the social network. That's right. He can web me up anytime. Holy! You know, you know what's funny is that we, we, we've we've gone in. In ten short years, from complaining about these movies not being done to bitching about everything that the directors do before. Oh, I know. Out. We're you know greedy, mean? spoiled little fucking children. Every single one of us for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> in every respects of freaking technology and everything, we're all fucking spoiled little fucking kids. You know what totally. I mean? Totally. Oh Especially my god, you I, guys. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I have a. Oh, my cell phone only got two bars. Jesus Christ! Hey, oh, why can't I get a good Google Plus app on my iPhone? God, my life is horrible. Anyway, everything's awesome. Uh, Nobody's happy. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, well, let's uh, move on to uh, one of my uh, boring little questions. Uh, now, unless you haven't been listening to this podcast before, what you probably might not know is that uh, all of us currently on this episode right now are fathers of small children, and uh, I, I thought to myself, this is probably a good opportunity to c- do some uh, 
uh, talking about some uh, a pertinent question as far as geek, the raising of geek children that I wanted to address. I know there's quite a few listeners who actually have geek kids too who talk about the stuff they show their kids and things like that. Uh, and I know uh, Mr. Mark has a, a young daughter who's about uh, four years old, or just turned four years old. Yep. Uh, Mr. Downs has a, a boy who's just almost five or four and a half. Mason, yeah, just turned four. For, okay, and, and, and Xander is going to be... Eight in October. Eight. Okay, so just give you perspective on my question. Because I know, I, I know, kind of, I know what Downs' thoughts on this already, but I'd love to hear them again. I'm curious what Mr. Durius thought. And this is my question, because I myself have uh, a soon-to-be four-year-old boy who I am basically chomping at the bit to show hmm. him all the fucking stuff that I like. Okay, like this is basically the greatest gift I've been given my entire life is I have a boy. And, of course, I have a little girl as well who will well, show the same shit to you for crying out. But anyway, right now I'm focusing on the boy and because uh, he's at that age where he can he's, he's devouring stuff that I've given him, and thankfully he loves all of it. And the big question I'm asking is, because this question is getting extremely long, is that Star Wars. Now, granted, this, the, the trilogy, the original trilogy is very important to me, uh, but he pretty much knows everything about Star Wars except for seeing the movies. And I've kind of held back on showing him the movies. Now, I'm going to ask you this question first, Mr. Dury. Have you or when do you think it is appropriate to show the Star Wars trilogy to your child? Okay, well, it, it is actually very topical because um, my daughter turned four a week ago. And I'd been intending to wait until after she was four to show her mm. A New Hope. I don't think we need to have a conversation about what order you show them in, right? You're aware of that, right? Well, why don't you just tell us what you think the order should be? Well, the order they came out in. Okay, there we go. I agree. Yeah, that's consensus. okay. Hold on, I'm not. I'm not so sure. I agree. Okay, good. Well, and and sorry to interrupt you, Mark, but because well, here, let you finish, and then we'll get to me when I've done, because it has to do with how I did it. But go ahead, Mark. Okay. If you want to do it the correct way, that yeah. isn't half-assed <laughs> and wrong. You do it the way that they were originally released. And uh, I was intending to wait till after she was four, but uh, she has some cousins whose parents do not follow sort of the same game plan, and she'd she'd been exposed to you know some Clone Wars cartoons, uh, oh. some some of the other prequel nonsense being on in the background when she's over there. So she was very curious, and of course she knows I'm a Star Wars fan, um, but she didn't really know in what way it existed. Like, she wasn't really aware that it was a movie. She just sort of thought it was like a thing. You know? Yeah, that's exactly how my son sees it right now. He has action figures. Like, he has Adat Walkers and freaking little Galaxy Hero figures sure. and T-shirts. You know, and that's all he knows of Star Wars. He knows all the, like, Darth Vader T-shirt. He knows them all, but that's all he knows them as is, like, products. Exactly, yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, we watched it, I guess, about six weeks ago. And that was after kind of building it up for a good week. Oh, like, yeah, like I basically laid it, it all like, out. I mean, and my my daughter, she's very cool. Like, um, <laughs> of course she is. No, but I, like in the sense, like she she loves watching movies. Like she's not she's not overly girly. I mean, there's always a certain amount of princessy sort of stuff there. But like her favorite films are like The Iron Giant and Toy Story, and you know she likes Ponyo and you know Howl's Moving Castle and all this stuff. Like I try well, to, a- I try to keep her on a pretty 
you know, content-rich diet. You know, it's yeah, that's, it, that's, it, that's an example of her upbringing, though. I mean, Christ's sake, I mean, she's not princessized because you've kind of like steered her in a direction away right. from that, but not totally unexposed her to it. Right, yeah. But, I mean, she still is exposed to that stuff through my mother-in-law, which is constantly buying Barbie movies oh. and stuff, and she'll watch that crap, too. But, uh, but her favorite stuff is a little more complex. Um, so anyway, I, uh, I, I did my best to prep her for Star Wars and we watched it over the course of two nights and, you know, I'm like pausing it at certain moments to make sure she understands what's going on. And it's funny, you get kind of like worked up and ultimately like they just want to hang out with you. You know, she was just excited to be watching a movie with her dad. But it's funny, like you get sort of so worried about is this appropriate for this age you know the kid's only three years old and yeah you know, we're gonna fr- scar them and as i'm watching it again i'm realizing like a new hope is probably content wise probably one of the more extreme star wars films there's certainly some stuff in revenge of the sith like killing the younglings that's i don't know how the fuck you explain that away i, I, I still think that's just a mistake that, that's in there because i agree uh, Especially yeah, with everything movie. else he's done. Sorry, right? Like, he's yeah. put Ewoks in movies, he's done, he's put Jar Jar in movies, and then in the last one, he kills a bunch of fucking kids. Like, yeah, how schizophrenic is that? Them, and we, we've met them, and like, real. Yeah, and he's helped them solve a problem, for Christ's yeah. sake, from what I remember. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, anyway, it's probably sorry. my least favorite moment. And I mean, not just because I'm a dad, I just think, like, it's a misstep. Like, it's, it's. You didn't have to do that to make him be as evil as he was, right? Yeah, it, it was almost like, hey, look, look, uh, George Lucas basically saying, look at me, I can be badass. Watch this, I'm killing yeah. kids. It's, and that's not even badass, though. That's like... That's just petty. It's easy, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but A New Hope actually does have more old-school kind of sort of horror stuff in it. Like, um, River did not fail to notice, of course, uh, Uncle, uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru's. Charred smoking corpses. Charred bodies. Oh, <laughs> but, um, what about and there's Jawas, dead Jawas. Uh, yeah, dead Jawas being piled on a bonfire. Uh, Pondo Baba's arm being cut off. Like these, but these all ended up being her favorite moments. So I was kind of like, I don't know what to make of this. She loved that, and she loved the Luke getting sucked under in the trash. Do you have a lock on your bedroom door? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in the end, you know, like. I mean, she she enjoyed it, and she, she's pestering me about Empire Strikes Back, and I'm telling her, you know, wait till you're five. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, like, you don't even understand, darling. Like, when, when I was three years old when Star Wars came out, and, like, I remember going to the theater with my dad. No, I mean, I, I won't say that I remember seeing it. I just I remember being excited to, to get there with my dad. and But I remember having to wait years to see Star Wars again. Like to see anything else Star Wars related. Your dad took you to the theater at three years old. Yeah, well, I have an older brother too, so. Oh, okay. Jeez, wow. Yeah. I, 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 you know, being the father of three, I can't fucking think of a father thing. You know what? Let's bring the older boy and let's bring the loudmouth who doesn't shut up and keeps <laughs> running up and down the aisles to see this movie too. You know, I just I question your dad at dad's parenting at the time. To be totally honest. Well, you know, it's funny. I remember like pestering about him about the movie in the car, like we're driving there in the station wagon. I, and I can clearly remember not being belted in because I'm like leaning <laughs> over like the front bench, you know, and like whispering or, you know, talking in his ear, convinced that he had it wrong. We we're going to see yeah. some movie with apes in it. Like I've been to a theater with a three-year-old, my boy, when we saw Cars 2 for the first time, his first theater experience. And it was halfway through the movie where he basically said to me, 
Uh, Daddy, I don't want to sit here anymore. I want to sit way over there and basically pointed to like empty rows of the theater. I said, "Hey, how about you just stay here and just go in the you know up and down the row for crying out loud?" So anyway, so Mr. Downs, I want to hear what your thoughts are. Okay, so you know my situation is a little bit different. My older boy, you know, I I attempted to get into Star uh, Star Wars. We we don't have a lot in common. My older boy and I. you know, uh, we love each other, but he's into very different things than I am. And, you know, I would literally be like, can we watch Star Wars? He'd be like, ah, I don't want to watch that. Like, literally, even like if I would try and put on X-Men now for my younger boy, who's very much like me, my older boy will complain. Yet after the fact, he loves X-Men 1, and, and I actually tried to watch 2. It was pretty violent, but we, we got – they didn't like X-Men 2 as much as X-Men 1. So, you know, and for me – I was I the first time I tried I started with a new hope. I figure, you know, let's get him in with Luke and and Leia and go that way. But the problem is really I found with showing small kids that movie is that it's way too slow. You know, there's no action, you know, once Darth Vader's in the beginning, then it's, you know, Luke running around in the desert. It's it's pretty fucking boring I think for that age of a kid to be sucked in at least my children. So, you know, my oldest boy just didn't want any part of it. So, however, my younger son comes along very much like me, uh, is very into movies. He actually does not really like to watch television. He would much rather sit down and watch my movies. Spaceballs is one of his favorite movies he watches over and over again. Um, so I, I, I once again attempted, and this time, you know, somehow coerced my older boy to sit down. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try with a new hope because – you know, arguably that movie's got robots in it. It's much more slick looking. There's that fucking idiot Jar Jar. Maybe that will get them into this movie a little bit more. And and you let mean me say a, that, you mean a Phantom Menace. So sorry, what did I say? New Hope. Uh, New Hope. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Phantom Menace. Um, and, and and let me say too that you know my old, younger boy. He walks into my office, and I have Darth Vader on my you know my home computer as my screensaver. He knows Darth Vader. Um, he has. Uh, you know, Darth Vader, Moo Cow, the ice cream shop shirts. He loves Darth Vader. He has a collection of spaceships on his dresser. Like, we went to a yard sale, and he, he saw the Millennium Falcon and had to get it. But, like, you, like we're saying, doesn't know the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just mm. – those things are out there that these kids know who Darth Vader is. He's a bad guy. They know the clones. And then most of the other characters, they don't really know about it, in my experience. So, you know, here I go. I try and sit down and, and watch, you know, episode one. And they just weren't interested. And, and I say that comparatively to to my youngest boy who loves – like literally the other day came down and he's saying, can I watch that spy show? And I was like, Warehouse 13 it's called. Warehouse 13. The other day he called up bed with me. He's like, can we watch Warehouse 13? Can we watch Doctor Who? I mean he is so into science fiction and stuff. But I, there's just something about that, at least in my family, getting them into Star Wars has not worked, I am ashamed to say. That, that's a, yeah, that's a parenting fail. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to work hard to sell this shit, man. It, it fucking sells itself. It's, I, I I don't think it does, especially when you start with a new hope. That shit is boring, man. That to what? a to a three year old kid, a, a kid who watches X Men and who sees all these people. You hear with, that noise? Wolverines. What, what noise is that, Mark? That is millions of fanboys crying out. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying I don't like it. Even now, you go back and start to watch a new hope. That's the first hour of that movie is pretty fucking boring. I've said it before. Luke is a whiny bitch. A is bunch there a way of people I can get killed. Hit your mute button. Hey, man, <laughs> I have a fucking difference in opinion. That movie is not that fucking great. That's just the reality of the fucking situation. Empire, sure, that's fucking good, but New Hope is not that good. And for a three-year-old, it's boring as fuck. I've done it twice, and both times, both kids could give a fuck. And I'm saying the second kid loves everything science fiction. He watches 
every superhero we 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 have to buy all the DC superhero movies. He watches all those. Loves other science fiction. Cannot yeah. get into Star Wars. My 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 son eats that freaking uh, superhero cartoon up like freaking sponge cake for crying out loud. As if a kid who really likes sponge cake, um, like just even just the, even this like the the latest. He all he needs is a freaking commercial. Like he's been talking about this goddamn generator wreck show for I don't know for freaking months, and all he's seen is a commercial. You know, if I'll ask him what he wants to watch, what do you want to watch, boy? Generator Rex? No, we're not watching that fucking show. Forgot Batman: Brave and the Bold or Superhero Squad? That's it. Like he's been on a steady diet of superhero shows, particularly Batman: Brave and the Bold and uh, Marvel: Superhero Squad. He loves those friggin' shows. You should try Samurai Wait, Jack with him. I uh, actually don't. One show, like not to get off too off topic, is uh, this show I've just recently discovered called Wild Kratts. I don't know if you've seen this. It's on the friggin' TV Ontario on the public television station about these guys. Uh, who basically uh, have these suits that basically they can they can turn themselves into animals like they have these animal powers? They're actually it's quite an entertaining show for crying out loud. He learns a whole bunch of shit from that. That sounds just like that sounds like Animal Mechanicals on CBC. No, it's much. <laughs> oh fuck! I'm not, I know Animal Mechanicals, and it's much much better. It's actually a very, it's a very wild crats. But somebody out there is going, yeah, man, that show rocks. And yes, it does rock. He talks about it all the time creature powers. But I mean, as far as uh, Star Wars. Go. Let's get back on the topic at hand. Uh, yeah, th- my main concern is basically my boy right now uh, loves when guys are shooting guns. Every time he builds with Legos and stuff like that, he's creating a gun. He picks up a fucking spoon; it's a gun. So, like all laser guns and that are very, very, very exciting to him, and he just wants to see that shit all day long. But when it gets scary. Then he just basically, turn it off, turn that movie off, I don't want to see it anymore. Like, we just watched Stuart Little recently, and the fact that Nathan Lane was this evil cat, you know, eating Stuart Little. No, turn it off, I don't like it. So I think, I want to show him Star Wars, I think I'm going to show it to him very soon, because I want him just to get it into his system and, you know, digest it and see where it goes from there. Well, but yeah, and I mean, you, not to interrupt, but I'm tired of listening, I'm not saying anything when we're we're talking about Star Wars. (laughs) Back to me. Back to Mark's show. <laughs> um, you, you talk about things like teachable moments, right? And, you know, all respect to Downs. But, you know, A New Hope has the classic, you know, mythology there. It's It's got lessons to be learned. It's got things that kids can't understand. You, you just have to point them out. You know, things like yeah. Han Solo coming back to rescue Luke. It's like when the kid watches that. You know, they think Hansel was gone. They think he's greedy, he's selfish. But you know what? He comes back to save his friends. And yeah, there they, are like these these very simple little lessons. But if you just sort of pause and point them out, like there are awesome sort of character development moments in there that, frankly, you just don't see in the in the earlier films. So, um, in, in our society, we don't have a lot of things like rites of passage. And I think for a lot of geek families out there, like watching Star Wars is kind of Unfortunately, a poor substitute, but uh, it's you know it's something to look forward to doing with your kids. So you want to do it right. I think based on that, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to show it to him. He'll be four, and that's a good age to start for crying out loud. And uh, uh, further reports on that, I guess, in, in yeah. later episodes. And you know what? Like making an event is, is would be my recommendation. Prep them, but uh, you know, so show trailers and teasers, and show them like uh, internet pictures, spoilers. Yeah, argue about the costumes. And- <laughs> Uh, okay, let's go. Let's go to you, Mr. Downs, for your uh, second uh, little topic for us to discuss. Well, funny enough, 
I have some bitching about George Lucas to do. Oh my goodness! These are just gelling together incredibly. Um, You know, we're we're about to get these Blu-ray versions of of these, you know, the the movies now, and you know, I just I cannot get over how much this guy and this company want of my money. You know, they we I I personally own four copies of the original trilogy, the original VHS, the re-release of the VHS before he started fucking with them, the ones he fucked with. And now the DVD ones, and now they're going to come up with the fifth ones. And what's amazing is that they've still got fucking uh, special features, shit we've never seen. You know, they go back to episode one, and they've now made Yoda in as a CG uh, CGI Yoda instead of a puppet. You know, it's just when when does this all stop? You know, and there's another thing that I just <laughs> came out today was this. Stop this, improving uh, this shit. Look, come on, man. How many filmmakers keep redoing keep redoing their shit and pretending to make it better? No it's one fucking out. does that. It's coming out in Blu-ray. Like, why not? Why not improve it? Okay, well, then the question to you, Mark, though, is if I'm Blu-ray, would you buy a set of all the, the original trilogy movies untouched, but in their, their basically big screen release back in the 70s? Would you buy that as well? I would love to have that. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay, he's gonna fucking pull that trigger one of these fucking days. But anyway, no. But what, so what happens in three years when X-ray comes out, and that's a fucking thing we got to do? And now there's 3D, so we oh. got to buy that version. Wait, X-ray, but, but wait, what does X-ray do? Just gonna prog pro, pro down Zakate on that for a little bit. For I'm us? just throwing out names. <laughs> All I'm trying to say is, no other fucking filmmaker retouches their movies every time a new format comes out. This guy just keeps fucking with it just to get more money out of you to say, here's another scene you haven't seen. Oh, look, this is different. Give me your fucking 50 or $60. Well, that is fucking bullshit. What I understand of these uh, these changes, and, I mean, your voice on this is no different from many outraged sort of semi-fanboys, uh, but it seems to be much ado about nothing. Most of it is just simple improvements, things like uh, – uh, Shots that were obscured in the original DVD release because of problems with scanning the uh, the, the the image, so parts were being clipped off. Um, Yoda apparently just looked, to their mind, just really terrible as a puppet. They couldn't match like how good he looked when they did Empire Strikes Back, so they decided to fix it. But that's a pretty big change, though. Sure, it is. That, but that is changing the movie. That's not the same movie now, right? I mean, I mean, basically, it's they're taking digital imagery and essentially trying to match, I guess, the body language of the original freaking sock that played Yoda for crying out loud, right? I mean, that's that's somewhat of a big change. Okay, but I, listen, I know maybe it's not a popular stance to take, but um, we live in a fluid kind of media society, and you you have to think of these properties as constantly evolving and changing. And okay. I mean, okay. you guys can't. You know, be talking about comic books. You, you, a whole universe that you guys love is about to be retconned, and you're complaining because Yoda now walks a little bit differently. Like it's an no, HD no. version of the film. You've no, never Mark, had that. You're you're comparing apples versus oranges. They're not going back and retelling Superman's fucking origin and saying, guess what? Now Superman, uh, when he landed, when he picked up that truck, it was a Corvette. You know what I mean? You, that's not. Well, they, they, I don't know, they, they might. They actually kind of could. You know, be, be totally fair. 
Well, I, mean, I they, fucking hope they don't do that either. And you know what I mean? That's a fucking cash grab. You know, Kevin Smith isn't going back and going, okay, you know what? Uh, Mall Rats and Clerks, let's re-edit them and do something different. No other director does this. No one else, no one else would be allowed to by studios. But George Lucas, they just, you know what? It rakes in so much money, let him do whatever the fuck he wants. Well, so that's no, bullshit. let's be fair here. He's an indie. Like it or not, he's an independent filmmaker. He can do what he wants. It's his. And, that's true. And you're, you, you have to remember these are high definition versions of the films. They've never been available. It's expected that he's going to do something special for them. Is it? I would I would understand your complaint if it was just another DVD version, where it's like, oh, we pat we found an extra forty minutes of fucking Darth Vader trying on costumes, and uh, yeah, we changed Yoda a bit. <laughs> so here, fucking buy it, people. But it's not. They've really packaged together what they claim is the definitive sort of archival experience of yeah. the six films. Yeah, one of I, what I've heard basically one of the one of the positive uh, aspects of the Blu-ray is that they've totally uh, reworked and remastered the sound for this uh, for this uh, screening, so it sounds a heck of a lot better than it did before in the DVD versions. Yeah. Okay, okay, but uh, okay, prediction time. This is a definitive collection, right? So in three years, when 3D TVs are everywhere, we're not going to see a fucking definitive collection then. And then five years after that, when we've got fucking projection everywhere, we're not going to see a three uh, definitive collection of that. Yeah, That's all just bullshit. It's just names to make you fucking well, spend hold money. Hold on. I didn't say you wouldn't see that. They are working on 3D conversions of these films, and you will see those at are. some point. And you know what? People will want them. So what? Like... So many of your complaints down seem to be like, why is there so much awesome shit? I can't decide which awesome shit I want. Like, no, it's not cares? awesome shit. It's that, it's that I've been fucking duped four times already. So you, you know what? Duped, Had those four them. not been out and there was only one time this was redone on the Blu-ray, then I might have bought it. But you've done it now five times? Fuck you. You've lost all credibility with me. You keep saying <laughs> that this is a definitive collection. Next time it's the, it's the all awesome collection. The time after that it's the suck my balls collection. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> You'll buy them. You'll buy them or someone will buy them for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, under, I I totally understand Downs's point, but you know, I I also kind of weirdly disrespect George Lucas for the stance he takes on his product. Like, it, it's almost like I mean, it's like he basically he it's well, he, I guess at the time many years ago he was trying to do the make it perfect the first time out. But now this almost kind of sends a message to any other filmmaker. You know, don't bother about getting it really good. You know, doing a really good job the first time because you know eventually you just change it for each friggin' DVD release. You know, yeah, yeah you I don't know. Life lessons. This tells you, you know what? Do a half-assed job and sell it four times, and maybe by the fifth time you'll get it right. And people will still yeah. If it's really it. popular, then then you get a chance to do it the right way. You know, well, I don't. I don't, I don't think any of those other versions were half-assed versions. Each one of those versions, maybe looking back now, you think it's half-assed, but at the time they were using the best technology. Really, like leading edge stuff at the time. Okay. Okay, well then let's ask you and ask these god freaking internet fucking questions that people have been fucking fighting about for god and making t-shirts and shit like that. Let's a couple of things about those fucking movies then, Mr. Dury. Haters going to uh Han shooting first. Uh what do you think about that? Why did they change that? Do you agree with that change? No, I don't agree with that change. Okay, well there you go. So fuck you, Lucas. Uh what about fucking Jabba looking even worse than ever as a CG character replacing the puppet? Yeah, I do not like that scene either. Um, okay, so I, you I you agree it, with what I mean, he does you to a about point? Fanboys, you're just buying this because you're a fanboy. You you know what I mean? That's all. You bought those other ones, and you did. You don't like that shit. And you bought those too, right? Well, you know what? Uh, I, I'd have to project myself back to whenever those came out, and like at the time, they didn't look as bad to me. 
Okay, so obviously there hadn't been anything like that before. So the pluses outweighed the minuses. Very actually brought large minuses to you in these friggin' releases. Okay, the Jabba stuff, like, they made a big deal of him being inserted into A New Hope. And I mean, and it was just in the version I watched with River, and I was like, oh, Christ. I, I thought I had the original cut that I'd put in, and I didn't. And I was kind of disappointed to see it there, because it's it just, the scene just doesn't make sense. There's, like, there's no, there's nothing gained by it, and it was just them kind of jerking off, showing what they can do with their effects. Because it was like the same team that worked on Jurassic Park. You know, they're like, okay, you're tired of making a dinosaur's ass jiggle. See what you can do with Jabba. And it just, it was stupid. It, it was stupid. And it, but, but so what? Like, they're trying stuff. They're doing new stuff that other studios don't do. And, you know, people can complain all they want. And uh, I'm not... I'm not his fucking attorney or spokesperson. There's a lot of really? shit. I'm sure films. there's a check coming or something. A lot of those, <laughs> a lot of shit in those films I don't agree with. But I don't but know. I, respect I that just, he can do what he wants because he made that fucking universe. It's his. Yeah, he, he he did make that universe. I just again, regardless of the universe, I just the whole idea of kind of like. Uh, friggin' tinkering it as it goes along just doesn't sit with because then I, I I can't be comfortable for what it is when I know it could possibly change. Okay, well let me ask you this though. If if it was coming out on Blu-ray and it was just exactly the same as what the last DVD release was, what do you think people would say? It's a fucking cash grab. All they did was fucking run it through a scanner and make it HD. Fuck, fuck Lucas. So yeah. you know that he had to do something special here. Yeah, yeah okay. but sometimes I just wonder how special this stuff has to be that he has to do. You know what I mean? That the, Anyway, sorry. What were you going to say, Mr. Downs? Well, so I, one thing I want to say is that, you know, I wasn't calling the other movies crappy. I think when he redoes them every time, he says they're crappy. You know what I mean? I, I don't think they're crappy. I think that that's the message he sends when he keeps redoing it. Like, that last one wasn't good enough. But how, what I think, if they wanted to do Blu-ray, what I think they should have done, fine. Do your improvements because you're George Lucas and you can't leave your fucking dick alone. You always got to play with it. But why couldn't you have had the original theatrical ones to satisfy the fans who said, listen, I don't like your tinkered version. I want to see those ones in HD quality with sound original. Done. That that is his big retirement nugget. You know that, right? That is his one little fucking like deathbed. You know, push the button on the fucking, uh, you know, signature to release that fucking shit out. Yeah. Okay, I'm about to die. Eh, put out the original one so I don't have to see them ever again. That's entirely possible. And I mean, I, I, I think it's a fair point that you should be able to see those on this, you know on what? this Blu-ray. They should be yeah, included, or, I think. Or release them as a totally separate package and all profits from that should go to some friggin' charity. Oh my god, that'd be the most brilliant thing ever. Or they well, yeah, should go towards want... making a Star Wars TV show that I've been waiting for forever. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know what would be interesting? I'd love to see how the Blu-ray sold then. Original trilogy versus fucked with and tinkered with and added scenes. You know what I mean? Because I, I would wonder yeah. how that would uh, sell. You know, who would yeah. buy Which would sell more? When it comes Man. down to me personally, I'm not too crazy about the tinkering and the reworking of stuff and the inserting of new shit. But I'm all about making things sound and look better while keeping to the original product and that's just that's just what i think I, i'm all this other shit he's done i'm not exactly crazy about it's kind of like he's got this canvas of you know he's painting and he keeps changing it all the time you know yeah. what i mean and i mean like they say like um the hardest part about being an artist is knowing when to stop and and it's a fair point that maybe he doesn't know when to but it is his shit and no i know i know it's his shit yeah but okay, i mean he's just so, so, he's just 
Yeah. The only, the only analogy I would have is that that would be like a band like Led Zeppelin who made one album and kept go, going back and retweaking that album instead of making more music. You know what I mean? If you're really an artist, George Lucas, go do something fucking different. Why do you got to keep tweaking this shit? You like know what I mean? That's not art. That, that's not art. That, that's, an, that's an editor. That's not new art every time. All he's doing is trying to make that one thing he did that he got recognition for perfect in his mind. I, I don't see that as an artist. I see that as a sad fucking man. And I'm saying yeah, this as a Indiana guy. Indiana Jones bought- counts for something, or uh, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, or the upcoming film Red Tails. I haven't seen Red Tails. Could yeah. give a fuck about Young Indiana Jones. The, rest, the other Indiana Jones is all right. I'm not the biggest fan of Indiana Jones, actually. I like the first one. Even then, when I, when I look back at that, I don't think that's that great of a movie either. Um, you know, and I'm saying this to the guy <laughs> who, fucking, who bought all those four fucking uh, versions of DVDs and VHSs. I was on the George Lucas bandwagon. I fucking jumped off. Well, let me just say that these are all obviously very fair points from both sides of the fence for crying out loud. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to deny. It. I'm not going to say anybody's wrong because everyone has their whatever. Everyone has their fucking opinion. Blah 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 blah. Um, so we'll settle Mr. it on the internet. Yeah, we'll settle on the internet. Let's, let's you know we should start a message board. <laughs> we should start a message board and talk about this shit online. That'd be an awesome idea. Hmm, wonder where we could go to do that. Um, Mr. Dury, do you have one uh, other thing that we can friggin' yak about for a little bit? Sure. Uh, it's it's there's no segue into this. Um, it's not Star Wars or superhero related at all thank god (laughs) (laughs) maybe a little self-indulgent but it's uh just sort of drawing from my own personal experience from the the last little while um some of the listeners out there might know might not um but i do motion graphics and video editing so i sit on my ass a lot every day um working in the after effects and the final cut and the cinema 4d and a friend of mine uh nerf gun from a different podcast um, you can mention this podcast. It's a very good podcast, by the way. Um, Perpetual Geek Machine dot uh, net. Look it up on iTunes. It's a very good uh, podcast. It does deal with geek related question or stuff, like much like we do, but in a different vein. But again, it's a very good podcast. Yeah, they're much more. Uh, they're they're hardcore gamers, really, is what it is. So anyway, Ryan, yeah. also known as Nerf Gun, is a, yes. a very good friend of mine. And he got me onto the idea of working standing up. And I'm now oh, in my I've third week. This. Yeah, I'm in my third week of spending my entire day, aside from like maybe short little breaks here and there, sitting on a stool, um, basically on my feet all day. I'm standing right now. I've been standing since, you know, nine o'clock. Really? Yeah. This whole this whole podcast you've been standing up? Yeah. Wow. And I tell you, it's nice because um, I apologize if there's been a little bit of noise in the background, but like I do shuffle around a little bit, um, and it feels great. And but but he sent me all kinds of information, and uh, it, it's one of those things. Like I'm sure if you asked around, you'd be surprised how many people you know that are doing it or that know somebody that is, because it's almost like a bit of a trendy thing. Maybe I don't know. But totally. there's been reports in the New York Times, and there's there's a really well done infographic floating around that sort of breaks down. Not so much the advantages of standing, so much as the disadvantages of sitting on your ass all day. And like, it really is a lifestyle limiting behavior. Like, if you're sitting down for like eight or nine hours a day, you are actually damaging your body. Like, your nerves are getting hurt. You are uh, the increase in having circulatory issues when you're older is increased, you know, tenfold. So. 
um, in this uh, sort of early stage still, and I'm really surprised at how much I'm liking it. It's it's actually a pretty enjoyable way to spend the day. I, I, I have to jump in because I just saw something, I think it was on Lifehacker, about a stand-up desk, and, and that intrigued me um, because when I talk on the phone, I usually stand and I usually pace. You know, At home, I, I always have a cordless phone, or when on right now, I have a pretty long uh, headset uh, cord, <laughs> and so I'm usually standing. I'm just, I, I stand, I walk back and forth as I talk. A lot of times on conference calls, I'll be on a cordless big, phone. Big business downs wearing his friggin' <laughs> tie and his big suspenders, walk around, smoke a cigar, sell 50 shares, get that other pot of coffee <laughs> in here right away. Why you gotta fucking be an asshole? All I'm saying is that fucking work, I talk and I stand. I'm teasing. <laughs> Fucking no break. But but so the the what what I'm so excited to hear about this mark is because I was interested in this and I had read up on it and but I didn't know anybody who'd done it and um it's definitely something that's pretty cool right now and I could see how you could be comfortable especially talking for me when I'm doing this right now, I've just, I just stood up as you mentioned this, and I feel much more comfortable pacing back and forth as I talk. I, I feel that that's a more natural sure. way to do it. Well, that's one of the anecdotal sort of uh, bits of evidence there is that, you know, some people say that they, they feel increased blood flow helps them think, um, you know, be a little more creative maybe if that's the type of job you're doing. Um, I don't know about that. So- or not, it's kind of hard to say. But so, what are you what are you saying? You're saying that maybe if all of the atomic geeks did this podcast standing up, <laughs> it could be even more awesome than it already is. You guys could you possibly equal me if uh, with a little practice. I got three weeks on you, but uh, it's so I, I've, I've switched that. I've switched to, to black coffee instead of the usual double doubles, and uh, you know I'm looking forward to maybe slimming down a little bit, getting a little a uh, little more back to fighting form. And so, like you, so you start doing the the podcast in uh, on like on a friggin' uh, what's a, uh, I'm not speaking English now. Wearing spandex on a treadmill. <laughs> well, if I can get some of that Andrew Garfield style spandex, maybe. Um, the uh, it's funny, but that actually is the step that like a lot of people take it to next is a one or two mile an hour treadmill, and there are actually companies that that do this. Um, they'll, they'll have like workstations just set up. And, you know, people just, you know, they do a few hours a day, and it's like, there you go. Go enjoy your McDonald's for lunch now. You've earned it, I guess. <laughs> okay, okay. well, here, here, here's my question, because I, I have questions. I like to ask questions. <laughs> and uh, I know as a video editor, what, what little I do know about it, there are, you know, you, you work with more than one monitor. There's actually two monitors right now. You have basically elevated your desk up to a standing level? Yeah, well, this is what I was going to say, if there's anybody out there listening, um, and you... You know, you're, you're, well, I hope there is. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody out there listening that cares to, to look into this, if you research I standing, standing desks, like you're going to find all kinds of very expensive solutions out there. Some of them even have integrated treadmills into them, and you're, I mean, you're going to be looking at three to four thousand dollar desks. All you really need is to go on Craigslist or Kijiji or whatever it is in the states, um, and look for old IKEA jerker desk. Uh, they don't make them anymore, but this is the this is the big sort of workhorse IKEA desk from I guess about ten years ago, and it's highly reconfigurable. You can set the desk height wherever you want it, like from probably about twelve inches off the floor to as high as the ceiling, like as long as you just buy the right components. So that's what I've got. So my desktop is basically at elbow height, and then I have my monitor is. You know, the top edge of the screen lines up with my eyes. 
and it, it feels great. You know, and I just realized this that this we human beings must do this at some point because all future. A lot of future science fiction shows, people are standing around using computers, man. You know what I mean? Like it seems to be that's what happens when we get the silver jumpsuits. We all are standing <laughs> around with, you know, at, at desktops at, at you know six yeah, feet high. Exactly. Like God only knows that that movie Minority Report. The only basically thing that made it that movie freaking a classic, so to speak, is freaking Tom Cruise standing and freaking star wiping freaking documents across <laughs> the freaking yeah. screen. You know. Well, they actually has been a lot of research into that type of uh, gesture-based interface. And, and they found with that stuff that would actually be exhausting. You can't actually keep your arms in the air that long. The, the happy medium is something more akin to uh, an architect's drafting table. Like, I, I guess like a sort of like a 45-degree angled touchscreen, mm. which, you know, I can see doing that standing up very easily. But, like, well, people used to, to actually work like this very often. Like, you look at, like, old archival pictures of like newsrooms from like the 1920s a lot of them were like sort of uh standing height stools that you'd just sort of like lean against while you like <laughs> while they did like their typesetting and stuff uh, so it, that's that's totally fucking interesting i look forward to like in the next month or so when freaking downs is telling us how he's podcasting from his office in the clouds because <laughs> i'm that tall <laughs> That's right. Whatever you have, your gravity boots or whatever the friggin' life hack friggin' to get up there for crying out loud. I'm better than Dury. Well, just uh, <laughs> if you're interested in more, just uh, do a Google for "sitting is killing you," and you'll find uh, some interesting infographics and uh, all kinds of statistics that'll get you off your ass. Well, I guess I got to tell my wife to take this, you know, comfy, soft, giant <laughs> leather back chair and throw it in the fire because Mark Dury told me to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go, uh, ladies and germs. That's a, I, I like that fucking topic. Why we haven't done that more often is beyond me for crying out loud. I think we'll, it's I'll do it next form. week. <laughs> okay, you do it next week. <laughs> um, little topics again, uh, round two. Uh, first of all, I want to uh, say, uh, why, why, why am I fucking wrapping up here for Christ's sakes? We have to get to our friggin' atomic picks. And uh, let's start with our first atomic pick from uh, Mr. Mark Dury. Okay. Um, I'm reading a really interesting book right now. Um, it's actually, I guess, part one of uh, a two-parter, I suppose. I guess I read about the new version, or the, the sequel just came out, which I think is called The Magic King or something like that. But anyway, the first book is called The Magicians, and it's by Lev Grossman. And you may have come across reviews of this. It's certainly not uh, um, an unknown quantity. It's a pretty well-loved New York Times bestseller. But if you are a fan of the Narnia, you know, his Dark Materials, kind of, you know, the Golden Compass series, um, Harry Potter stuff, maybe to a lesser extent, you may get a kick out of this because it's very dark, very sort of real-world magic sort of through the looking glass kind of book it's about a guy who's living in brooklyn who's very unhappy with how his life is going and he's been obsessed with these narnia style books since he was a kid and through a series of events finds himself actually going to a real magic school where like some very dangerous but interesting stuff happens and it's uh it's cool it's it's very um i mean not gritty but it's it's got a definitely a, a much more adult um, feel to it than like a Harry Potter thing, which was clearly for young adults and, and, and kids. And 
So I'm really enjoying it. I'm about uh, two-thirds of the way through The Magicians by Lev Grossman, and I'm enjoying it. I think other people would too, and I hear raves about it from many of my favorite authors, like William Gibson, uh, loving it, giving it some love on Twitter, so you might like it too. Mr. Downs. Okay, so uh, my first pick is actually a show I watch with my kids that I Save to mention till now. We're watching the new Thundercats, and I gotta say, it's pretty good. We're six episodes in now, I think, to the reimagining of Thundercats. Um, and it's, it really is, as I said, good. Um, you know, they've got a much better story this time, uh, than they did in the first one. Um, Panther wasn't even in the first few episodes, and then, you know, everyone, they said he, in the beginning, he had died. You know, he was this general, and then he, he comes in kind of on the fourth episode, and, you know, there's this big war in the beginning that really sets the remaining Thundercats off on their own and, and kind of fighting kind of behind the eight ball, you know, from, from the lizards and all the other mutants and Mumra. And I, I gotta say, we really like the show we're watching on a weekly basis. Um, another thing, you know, my wife pointed out was how Chitara has definitely got an upgrade in the sexiness department, which I'm not so, you know, happy with as, as my boys stare at her boobs on, on the screen. Upgrade. But, uh, she was, she was pretty exciting in the original from what I remember. I guess she was, but they've even injected more into her. So, uh, you know, I mean, She's a sexy-looking cat. What can you do? Um, but, uh, you know, if you're a fan of Thundercats, especially if you have young kids, I would definitely, uh, uh, you know, try and pick this up. It's, it's on the States. I don't know if we get it here in Canada. I get it through my, uh, my underbelly connections. Uh, my other atomic pick, because I don't think I mentioned this, that I finally finished the Dark Tower Book 7. Um, and I got to say... Not real happy with the way it ended. Um, I guess not a lot of people were. Uh, most uh, I tried to keep away from spoilers on this because I wanted to read it for myself. And I found out after the fact that I guess a lot of people were pretty pissed off uh, the way the book ended. Stephen King even wrote in the ending, you're probably not going to like the way this book ends. Um, but don't tell us, please. I'm not going to. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm just saying I didn't like it. You know, it it really didn't. And the way I would have felt it would, I really liked the book up until, up until the, to the, to the very end. You know, I thought it was a really good, um, story, even though it's, you know, it, it was cherry picked over the years. I didn't like that Stephen King wrote himself into it, uh, kind of around book five of, of the seven, um, and made himself a little too much of a character. But in, in fact, it kind of tied up all right with the whole mythology and stuff. So if you're thinking about checking it out, you know, it's definitely got some cool stuff in it. I haven't read a book series that long ever, and, and I really enjoyed doing that. Just, you know, pretty disappointed with the way things ended. I think when Stephen King got hit by the car, I think they knocked most of his sense out of him. Yeah, you know, I read the entire series, or at least as far as it's gone. I don't know if you're aware of this, Downs, but he's announced a book eight to come. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah, and, like, I held off reading that series since I was, like, probably 13 because I heard that he was working on it. And I think it, this was one of my atomic picks earlier in the year, actually, was that I started reading it because I was waiting for book five of A Song of Ice and Fire to come out, the new, you know, Game of Thrones book. And so that filled most of my summer. And I got to tell you, I got about halfway through book seven and I finally threw it at the fucking wall. And I was like, <laughs> fuck this. I went on Wikipedia, read how it ended. And I was like, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm free of that. Now I can go on to read this other book called The Magicians, <laughs> which I'm much happier with. It, uh, I don't know. I mean, I know there's probably Stephen King fans out there, but, uh, I grew up reading that guy and I liked a lot of his stuff when I was younger, but that series is fucking shit. It is not good. There's one good book in that whole series. It's like book two, I guess, the one where him and his buddies are back, uh, having the big gunfight. You know, the one I'm talking about, Downs? 
Yeah, I think that's book three, actually. The, okay. the second book is when he draws everybody. I think book three is when they do the right. actual battle, which is a great book, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's right. the only one. The rest of them are crap. So don't waste your time. <laughs> is that it, Mr. Downs? Yeah, sorry. That's it for me. Well, I, I, you know, I've, uh, funnily, is that even a word, funnily? Uh, oddly enough, uh, My Atomic Pick is also... A book, a freaking trifecta of freaking book atomic picks this week. Wow, look at us. We're freaking smart. Um, but uh, my book uh, is basically, uh, I bought it off uh, the, uh, the the uh, Amazon Kindle store for 99 cents. And that is uh, the Destroyer uh, created uh, the novel published way back in 1971, written by Richard Sapir and Warren Murphy. If you don't know what book I'm talking about already, uh, this book was the basis for the 1985 movie uh, Re- Remo Williams starring Fred Ward, The Adventure Begins. Uh, and uh, when ex-New Jersey cop Rima Williams is electrocuted for the murder of dope-dealing goon, uh, Cure, a super-secret government agency that doesn't really exist, resurrects Remo as the ultimate killing machine, working outside the Constitution to defend the USA. Um, boy, it, it's an interesting book, because when I remember the movie... He he basically is more of a Lothario in this book than he is in the movie, but there's still some of this. Con- anyway, it's a different book for a freaking ninety nine cents. Well, who am I to fucking complain <laughs> for Christ's sake? There's the big sell right there. You know, it's. I mean, and I read it only because now I want to see the movie again and compare the two because I'm I'm into shit like that, seeing kind of like where the, it all started. I mean, come on, the actual series of books is now at one hundred and thirty. There are a hundred and thirty books based on this fucking character, so they must have done something right, or you know, people are just OCD addicted to all these freaking stories. Regardless, way past seven hundred and thirty. Jerkheads for crying out loud. There's some busy so, chim- chimpanzees somewhere, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so if you got like a friggin' extra 99 cents lurking there on your friggin' credit card and you got friggin' time on your hands to read a cheesy ass book about some guy who fight, fights drug dealers and shit like that who almost got electrocuted, well, there you go. Uh, the Destroyer created. Um, so that'll do it. Uh, the Atomic Geeks, uh, Little Topics, round two. Uh, I want to thank the fellas for coming out, uh, especially you, Mr. Dury. It's been a while. Hopefully it won't be as long the next time around we hear from you. My pleasure. Anytime. Uh, I want to say all the usual stuff I say at the end of this podcast. Uh, I want to thank Mike Korea from GeekMentality.com, another great geek website that you should go to. He updated his iTunes review saying, all kinds of wonderful things that all of us here at the Atomic Geeks love to hear, especially through iTunes. So why don't you stop being a jerk and make an effort to freaking tell us that if you think that we're great. Um, while perusing those reviews in the United States and Canada, I noticed that it's been a while since we had a new review from the United Kingdom. And boy, I'll tell you right, this is my shout out. You freaking jerks over there in friggin' the UK, write a review! Um... So uh, there you go, uh, ladies and germs. Uh, the Atomic Geeks, episode 128. You can find us at uh, Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us individually at Google+, Plus because they don't allow groups to be on that goddamn Google+. Plus. Uh, but thanks for listening. <laughs> Goodbye.
just listened to another episode of The Atomic Geeks. Visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. Production by Andrew Bloom, title track by Don't Look Down. 